A to Z of college recruiting. This is the show where you'll learn about the latest tips and tricks on how to maximize your scholarship opportunities tenfold. You'll learn the hows, whys, and what's of college recruitment and scholarships. Let's get into it. Welcome everybody to the NSR Podcast, episode 27. Uh, We're going to do a different sort of intro today. We've got both the boys on straight away. Matt and Harrison. How are you? G'day. I'm sure everyone's good. We've got new scenery as well where we're doing the podcast in the office, so... Uh, hopefully you enjoy the all the stickers behind us, but uh, it's going to be a, a cool episode. We're going to get straight into it. Um, today's episode is really all about the misconceptions of, of college, uh, whether it be leading up to, to college, during, and, and even after. So, um, a lot of misconceptions. Love the misconceptions. A lot of misconceptions. Oh, I thought you said you love the misconceptions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. There is a lot of misconceptions. But I, I literally- love addressing misconceptions because... They really are misconceptions. So basically, so. we're going to split it into three sections. Uh, so academic, uh, the sporting side of things, and then social. Uh, and we're literally just going to list them off one by one, do a quick maybe minute or two on each one. Um, the episode will be probably half an hour in total, I reckon. So, uh, But before we get into it, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page. Don't forget to uh, follow us on iTunes. Don't forget to download podcast app whether it be in the the google play store or the apple store um follow the the podcast so you stay up to date with with every single episode trying to make it as easy as possible for you guys yeah hopefully you're enjoying our our little thumbnails as well on youtube they're pretty pretty cool we actually enjoy making those (laughs) quite a bit probably the most favorite part of our our day ever is taking those photos yeah Yeah, the the random photos that we we come up with for for each thumbnail is pretty good so we love the camera um hate it (laughs) okay so we'll start with the academic section First and foremost... I thought you were going to ask us something, what happened that, that was cool. No, we, we said we'll get straight into it. You may have missed that part. Oh, I may have missed that <laughs> part. Well, anyways, something cool that happened in this last <laughs> week. We I think we're going to do something We're going cool. to do it anyway. Yeah. We, we've had probably five massive commitments over the last week. You would have probably seen it from our Facebook page. Um, you know, a few of our soccer girls transferring from junior colleges to Division One. Uh, we've had a dual sport athlete, Tori Carter. Shout out to you. Uh, commit to Union College uh, for swimming as well as soccer. Um, one of our ACT boys committed to uh, a top 25 NCAA Division II program in Goldie Beacom. Uh, Eli Howe, uh, shout out to you. Yeah, so a lot of good commitment. This is the time of year where, where a lot of commitments are happening and people are making final decisions. And yeah. uh, I think, you know, over the next probably two, three weeks, there's going to be a lot more as well so keep paying attention to the Facebook page and keep keep looking at that um, a lot of really cool stuff happening yeah well, Matt just stole all my cool things so I'll, I'll leave it at that I think. <laughs> no, you, you, there's there's so many more cool things that happen I'm putting you on the spot but name something else that was cool well you mentioned uh, some of the soccer girls so Tessa Calabria one of our girls who was at Iowa Lake shout out to you Tessa hopefully you're, you're listening but uh, just signed for uh, Nichols State University in Louisiana so um, very excited about that one uh, Mac McBride the coach there we're hoping to get on one of the episodes one day but he's uh, uh, yeah definitely looking to um, bring in a lot, lot more Australians he's already got two and, and hopefully bring in another two or three next year as well so very good that's exciting it just makes me want to go through it all again and, and, and do it all again oh seriously I, I just want every one of you prospects to know that all of us not just me Jacob and Harrison but Marco as well we are all reliving vicariously through each of you yeah. uh, so we, we want to try and send you to the best possible places so you have the most awesome experiences so that we get to follow it track it hear all about it and and really you know feel as if we're we're living it as well yeah. so um, not very good so Jacob we'll jump right into it let's get into it so basically as I said I'm just going to list list off various misconceptions relating to the academic side of things athletic side of things and socially um, and basically, you guys are just going to talk about each misconception and, I guess, blow it out of the park because, uh, as I said, they are misconceptions. But first and foremost, we'll start with the academic side of things. Degrees are not transferable. False. <laughs> um, done. That's it. No. <laughs> Degrees are transferable. You got There's more international students studying in the United States this day and age than any other country in the world. Uh, literally, you got over a million and a half international students spread across the United States uh, from literally every country of the globe yeah. to sit there and say that they're all studying degrees that are not transferable uh, is, is, is crazy. Yeah. Um, 
Now, we'll touch on, I think, pieces of that. But look, depending on what you study, there may be certain things that you need to do in order to have your degree transferred back and forth. And and we're here to support that side of it. Harrison, do you have anything to add to transferable degrees? as you sort of said, there's certain things you have to do. So certain fields, obviously, that, that requires certifications, in, even from different states. Like, uh, So even if you're coming from Western Australia, going to Victoria, you may have to do certain certifications. So it's the same sort of process. So say, if, for example, you're looking to do medicine, um, you do your undergraduate degree uh, in, in biology or chemistry. Uh, and then depending on whether you did med school in the US or, or Australia, um, it essentially would, would change the, the requirements you need. So I mean, You're jumping ahead. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Read the script. Oh, jeez. Come on, Harrison. But degrees no. are definitely transferable. Tell them about... Wh- look, you have your own personal experience. You got a degree in what in the US? Yeah, so I, I did my degree in business management and finance, and I, I transferred my degree back to, to Curtin University in Perth. Um, so I... I uh, and I was going to do my master's degree, but I, I sort of wised up, didn't really want to go to school anymore. I moved to Melbourne and started working here, so... <laughs> You're welcome. Um, Next one. Okay. On that. So degrees definitely are transferable. Degrees are transferable. Yeah, exactly. So I have to study American history in the United States. Look, false. You don't have to do anything. All right. Um, you you can choose to study American history mm-hmm. um, because in, in your first couple of years you're going to have a liberal arts core curriculum. Um, part of that is going to be uh, sociology type classes or, or um, social, sciences. social sciences is what I was trying to say yep. um, so if you choose that your social science you want to learn about American history then yes you can study American history but yep. you can also do economics most most students usually do like intro to psychology psychology like, yeah. it's just the more basic one but I mean obviously if if you're not a fan of writing papers, I'd, I'd probably avoid psychology, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, if you're not a fan of writing papers, I would avoid college altogether. But, yeah, so when it comes to, to American history, look, you can do world history. You can do all sorts of different social history, sciences. Yeah. yeah, ancient history. It's completely up to you. Uh, you can avoid history altogether and do economics or you can do sociology psychology that sort of stuff philosophy uh, that, that was like my favorite class because you, you just get to argue for an hour and a half um <laughs> which i have no problem doing yeah exactly um, but look my advice is to take american history like you're living in the country for four years the least you can do is learn about the where it came from the history exactly the history of that country but it, i took american history and it was actually an, an enjoyable class so um but you do not have to study American history. Next one. If I want to be a doctor, lawyer, or engineer, I can't slash shouldn't study those fields in America. False. <laughs> Another false one. All right. Harrison, you want to start this one? Yeah. So as I sort of alluded to before, apologies for jumping ahead. Um, if you, I'll start on medicine for, or, or a doctor. So uh, if you're looking to do medicine uh, or into being a doctor, you basically you want to decide whether or not you want to do med school in the US or if you want to do it back here in Australia. Uh, if you're looking to do med school back here in Australia, uh, you want to find out the med schools you're looking to apply to, find out what their prerequisites are. Uh, and then you'll need to do your undergraduate degree, as I mentioned, in biology or chemistry and make sure you take the, the, the correct classes. Then you also need to sit uh, an entrance exam like the MCAT, which they offer in the US. So, And then your application to the med school will be based on your undergraduate GPA, the classes that you've taken, and your MCAT score. Right. So in, in a roundabout way, the, mo- the best way to think about it is that like to, to transfer, like if you go all the way through your full medical degree in the U.S., then you're going to be licensed to practice in the U.S. Now, that, that's good if you want to stay in the U.S. and practice medicine. Um, if you want to come back to Australia and practice medicine, physio, um, again, I'll, I'll include law, um, you know, veterinary, be a, to be a vet, um, you, you want to do the certification component in the country that you want to practice in. So basically you can do your full undergraduate bachelor of science in pre-medical science, pre-vet, uh, pre-law, um, criminal justice, those types of things. And then do your postgraduate component, uh, in Australia or New Zealand, you know, whatever, whatever country that, that you want to practice any of those in, uh, again, there's no guarantee that you're going to get into medicine in Australia, especially if you don't make unbelievable grades, in your undergraduate studies. And that's what I think Harrison was alluding to. Like, 
you, you can't, you know, we, you say you can go and study whatever you want in the U.S. You, you genuinely can. But that doesn't mean that you can be whatever you want to be. Because if, if you make C's throughout your entire pre-medical undergraduate, you're not getting into med school. Nor would I want you to. Right? <laughs> I know what you're operating on. That's it. Like, I, I think that's the important thing. Yes, you, you say that you want to be a doctor. Great. Here's your pre-medical track. Get a bachelor's degree, make perfect grades, take the MCAT, pass the MCAT, then apply for medical school. Yep. you got a good chance of getting in. All right? Not the other way around. Um, so you definitely can study those particular fields in the States. Certainly. Engineering, all the engineering courses that are offered in the States at, at, at literally every school that gives you engineering is going to be ABET approved, all right? which is a global certification uh, that that accredited uh, accredi- yeah a global accreditation that makes sure that what you're studying um, is is certainly accepted. We have one of our boys now who uh, Michael Powell. Big shout out to you. Not not sure if you're you, you're listening or not, but he went to West Virginia University Institute of Technology, graduated, uh, got his engineering degree, and now he's been sponsored to stay on work in the states uh, with with a big engineering firm. So up in New York, Albany, New York. That's it. Congrats on that, my friend. Um, that's really cool. So another boy that we've got, Law. I'll, I'll just touch on that one. <laughs> an actual story that we've got. That's, um, a good, that's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. One of our boys, he went over and he wanted to do business law. So his undergraduate, um, he he killed it. Uh, made really really good grades in political science. Graduated with his bachelor's degree in political science. Graduated with honors. Um, and then came back to the University of Sydney um, and is now doing his Juris Doctor, which is the postgraduate law component, uh, while also working with a law firm to earn some money and work in the industry. So um, big shout out to to him as well. Matthew Baker is his name from the, the massive town of Daniloquin, New South Wales. The law firm is Winter Allison. The law firm, we've, we've just had from, from our, our produ- production team, um, <laughs> <laughs> what was it again? Minter Ellison. Minter Ellison Law Firm. So, three real life stories about how you can do those things. So, misconception. Knocked out of the park. Out of the park. <laughs> Next. Next. So, uh, I think we severely underestimated the amount of time we would take going through these. So, nope. let's, let's move through them a bit quicker. Um, the next one, and look, I know we're going to move through these pretty quickly, so everything will be listed down on the show notes as well in a brief explanation of each one. So if you do miss anything, you'll be able to get the show notes. You can also rewind. And you can hit the rewind button as well. That, that is. You, you can you can listen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Production team's trying to <laughs> drop knowledge. Yeah. It's working. It's, it uh, is working. Only A-grade students can get academic scholarships. That's uh, incorrect. False. That's false. Um, so basically, a lot of a lot of universities or colleges in the US will have um, admissions scholarships. So if you get accepted uh, and you have like at least a like a thousand SATs and a, a B average or a C C plus average, you may get X. And then obviously, if you uh, and if you get uh, a higher SAT and you have a better GPA, obviously that can increase to a higher number. But essentially, a lot of especially private universities in the US um, will, will offer scholarships sometimes just for being accepted. Like so, the, that's a uh, fact. Like I mean, Iowa Wesleyan, one of the schools we work with, um, they they have an automatic award for a lot of, for for our, a lot of the athletes that we send through. So, uh, so, so I mean about. Roughly about sort of seventy percent, so that's pretty pretty massive. Yeah, and you, you don't have to be an A grade student. You do not now, have to be an A grade student. A grade students will qualify for more academic scholarship in more places. Absolutely, yeah. but that's not to say that C grade students with a passing SAT can't apply to schools and also get academic scholarships. Yeah. Plus everything in between. So literally every school is different. Uh, will you know a C grade student get? an academic scholarship in every school well no if that's not the standard that awards academic scholarships so um not only do a grade students get academic scholarships there we go next one uh my atar score <laughs> out of the ballpark out of the a uh, bang <laughs> my atar score will determine where i can and can't study in the states or it will matter severely hey. <laughs> Not not completely not completely false. Yeah. Your ATAR score will not work the same as it does in Australia. Your ATAR score does not determine what you study. There we go. All right? and, and, and where you can study that. Um, you can study whatever you want to study, and your grades, your overall grade point average, and your SAT will determine where you can study that. Yeah. Your ATAR score is important because it's factored into your overall grade point average. Yeah. All right? So it does matter. 
but not in the same ways that it matters here, here in Australia. Australia. And that sort of touches on the next point as well. Okay. Yeah, there we go. My grades determine what I can study. False. False. <laughs> I'm throwing you off here. No, I don't. False. You determine what you study. If you're a C-grade student and you want to study medicine, you can. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you're going to pass your classes. So Sorry, I'll rephrase it. My grades in high school determine what I can study. So False. There you go. False. You're, you literally, you determine what you study. You can pass high school with a C average and you can study whatever you want. You can study, study medicine. I barely yeah. graduated high school and I graduated college with honors. So there you go. That's you it. Go. That's it. So uh, again, you determine what you study. I know that's a very difficult thing to, to grasp. Uh, if you're a C grade student all right, and you want to study medicine, you can do that at schools that allow you admission. You're not going to go and study medicine at Harvard. Yeah. All right. Um, so your grades are important, and they will determine the types of schools that you can gain admission into. They will also be a, a big part of where you can be awarded different forms of financial aid, academic scholarship, things like that. Yeah. But nothing determines what you can study other than you. All right. Bang. <laughs> Out of the park. Home run. Uh, I went to a private school slash grammar school here in Australia. I can get into more universities in the United States. False. All right, because if you went to a private school and your grades were just as bad as someone that went to a public school, you've accomplished the exact same things. And and the thought that, oh, well, it's a private school, it's scaled differently. Look, that may be the case here, but over there, they don't get that. They don't understand that, and, yeah. and they will not weight those grades differently. Yeah. A C is a C, no matter what school that you got it in. Yeah. So get that through your heads. And and yeah, it's <laughs> okay. Out of the ballpark. Go uh, what, anything else? That's that's about it. A C is a C. A C is a C. Exactly. No matter if it's like a or a D is a D. No matter you know, where, it, no if matter. it was a more expensive C, yeah. it's still a C. Yeah. There you go. Uh, okay, I'm a bad student or not the best student. This opportunity isn't for for me, or I can't go. I'm I'm proof of that. Yeah. False. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm proof of this This one that is false. Like I was a terrible high school student. And I think my, my parents, my dad usually watches the podcast, so he can attest to that as well. Um, like I, I, as I, said, I barely graduated high school, and I mean, I had a pretty below par average, below par sort of SAT score, um, but I still ended up going through the, the two-year route and then um, getting my grades up and then transferring on. I ended up having a pretty hefty academic scholarship at my, at my second school. Um, like, and, and for me, like I, I think... The opportunity wasn't here in Australia because my grades, I, I, I didn't take like yeah, what was um, TE back then, what's ATAR now. I didn't have a TE score, so I couldn't, I couldn't have gone to uni straight out of high school in Australia. I got the opportunity to go over there and improve my grades at, at a junior college and then transferred on and, and graduated college with honours from Mount Mercy. So In the same four years as if you would have gone straight to Mount Mercy, but you wouldn't have gotten into Mount Mercy with your high school grades. No. So you used, I, I think I recruited you and you. Uh, so I know, I know that your grades weren't that great. <laughs> Uh, but that's the idea. We, we, okay, no, no. Yours were better than his. <laughs> Fact. Fact. <laughs> All right. Um, and, and even if you don't graduate high school, there's still possibilities to, to get over there. Like, obviously, there's a, a high school... He's jumped. He's uh, jumped script Oh, again. you've done it again. <laughs> but Harrison, it, slow they, down. They link up. They link up. So <laughs> that's why they're numbered consecutively. But Sorry. we haven't moved there yet. That's a great segue, Harrison. That is a uh, great... <laughs> I didn't graduate high school, so I can't go. False. All right. It, we, we've had... Uh, McDeaton is a listen... He listens to our, our, our podcast. Here, here's a great story. His son, Bryce, I'm sorry to throw you under the bus, mate, but this is just the, the way it is. Um, we went through the whole promotional process with me thinking that he had graduated from high school. I thought he did. Uh, he, he, never, he never told me that he didn't. Um, got to the point of having offered. He had a passing SAT score, so I just, I just figured, oh, yeah, he graduated. Well, he didn't. Uh, he, he left in year 11 to pursue a trade route. Um, didn't actually have a year 12 certificate. So straight away, what we had to do, get him into a GED, which is a graduation equivalency diploma. Um, that then allowed him to get the bare minimum requirement for uh, college entry, plus his SAT score, which then he, he qualified to get into a four-year school straight away. So it was just like, you know, all that fell into place. Yeah. Didn't graduate from high school in a traditional sense, but still had plenty of options over there. And what I was going to touch on with you know being a bad student, the great thing about the U.S. 
is that there's so many different pathways uh, that, that are all going to support different kinds of students. Um, you know, there, there is a, a concept in the U.S. called No Child Left Behind, um, and, and it goes all the way through university studies. If, if you genuinely want to get an education, the, the opportunity is available to you. If you don't want to get an education, then this pathway certainly is not for you. Um, but good student, average student, bad student, as long as you, you have a desire to, to go and do it, uh, there, there are places for you. Depending on those grades yeah. will depend on what types of places where you start. You can finish anywhere. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Even if you don't graduate high school here in Australia, there's still options for you and you can still go to the state. Fact. You, you will need to get the equivalent of a high school graduation, which yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be a normal year 12 pathway. There is a GED, which yeah. we can give you plenty of information about. But I think we knocked that one out of the park as well. Ba-boom. Home <laughs> run. Uh, next one. If I don't get a good ATAR score, I may as well not study at uni. Uh, so or give up on my intended course. So if you don't have that particular ATAR course, to, uh, ATAR score to get into your intended field of study straight out of high school, I should just life's over. Yeah, I give up. Life's over. Didn't get your ATAR score. That's it. You know, I promise you, nobody is going to judge you when you get to 24, 25 years old, uh, and they say, "Oh, what was your ATAR score?" Not. It's not about that. Yeah. Right. Um, Again, this goes back to the three topics that we just talked about. Your ATAR score is just factored into your overall GPA. If you genuinely want to do something, you're going to be better at it than something that you don't want to do. All right? Uh, Maybe you won't be, but you find out through your own experience that you should be doing something different. So don't give up on what you want to do. All right? Ever. Um, If if you genuinely feel that that's right for you and and, you're, you're able to go and study that, then if it's right for you, you should... Make good grades, all right? If, 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 you, if you're given the support, you're given the chance to do it, and, and you know, it has nothing to do with your ATAR score, you should make good grades. If you say that, I want to do this more than anything, but you don't make good grades, yeah. then you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> Plain and simple. Yeah, exactly. All right, but your ATAR score does not determine that. You determine that. Your experience determines that. Yeah. And that's it. Easy. Look, we've got a heap more in regards to the academic section, and maybe we'll touch on those in another episode, but we'll finish with this one. Uh, It's quicker to to have a degree done here in Australia. Look. That's a... Okay. There you go. Okay. In theory, yes. You get a a four-year... You know, you get a bachelor's degree done in three years in Australia. Depending on your... And that's if you qualify straight away coming out of of high school. In theory. If you get the ATAR score to go... Depending on your course. Exactly. Yeah. And depending on your course. Correct. So in theory, yes. Statistically, no. No. All right? Because 25% of kids will take a gap year right after high school. So bang, add that year. All right? And then if they go straight into the course that they want and they love it and they go straight through in three years, then look, there's four years. Uh, Let's say you start uni straight out of high school. You do a year. You realize it's not what you want to do. Then... You've been disillusioned by the whole thing. You take a gap year. There's two years. Then you start a new course with, with what you actually want to do. Yeah. One, two, three. There's five years. All right? So, so really, like I said, in theory, potentially, yeah. yes, it could work. In reality and statistically, it doesn't work that way. And, and you're going to end up spending the same amount of time whether you're in the States, whether you're here, on, on getting that undergraduate qualification done. Yeah. Um, there was an article in the Sydney Morning Herald recently, if anyone has read it. I'll actually put it in the, the show notes. Um, it, it basically said 22,000 students were looking at entering to entering into university in the next sort of entry window. And as you said, a quarter of those will defer and basically take a gap year and, and, and start in the following year. So out of 22,000 kids, only three quarters of those will actually begin begin in the year that straight out of high school basically yeah and then and then the statistic of those three quarters that begin that that finish in three years I'd love to see that statistic yeah and you can finish your degree in three years in the states if you want to anyway you can you can and, and, and people think it's all oh, it's, it's, it's got to be four years well no you like I said however you construct your schedule uh, and if you decide to take summer classes or do different things like you can you know, again, uh, Maddie Baker, um, three and a half years 
to, to complete his, his bachelor's degree, and then he was back in Australia in doing postgraduate studies. So yeah. um, I think a lot of what it comes down to as well is the, the athletic side of things. You've got four years of athletic eligibility. And like you yourself, you said you, you essentially took another, another couple of classes, a couple of units to make sure you could still get the most out of your college gonna, athletic career. I'm going to be honest. I, I milked it for all it was worth. I did <laughs> not want to jump into the real world until I absolutely had to. I, I spent five and a half years on a four-year degree, and I take pride in that. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I ended up with a whole bunch of credits that I didn't necessarily need, but I still had athletic eligibility. I still wanted to stay and play it all out, experience college for all it was worth. Yep. And and look, after five and a half years, my parents basically, you know, they said, that's it. You're that's done. it, mate. You're, like, you're done, you've yeah. got enough credits to graduate. Your eligibility's done. Mate, you, you, you're done. Um, and, and I said, okay, I'll graduate. Fine. Fine. I'll, I'll join the real world. And, I, and I, you know, and here I am, guys. There you go. Here I am. <laughs> All right, that's about 10 or 11 or so academic misconceptions. We'll move into the athletic side of things next. All right, guys, we're back. We're uh, about to get into the misconceptions on the athletic side of things. Uh, I know the first segment, I know I said at the beginning it was only going to be a half-hour episode, but I I think I lied, so I'm sorry. You, you like most things, you... You vastly underestimated, yeah, the knowledge that I've got. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's fair. Yeah, exactly. it's fair. Uh, so we'll move straight into it. The athletic side of things. Look, NCAA Division One or bust. Oh, or I shouldn't go. Oh, this, <laughs> this is this, your favorite oh, one. This is God. daily, daily, daily. We have to deal with. Yeah, this. if I'm gonna go, it better be a Division One school. Well, yeah. look, as much as great as that sounds, again, in theory, uh, I'm sorry, kids. And parents, but you don't actually know what that means. Um, and, and, and I think there, there are so many unbelievable opportunities uh, that are available that are that are more realistic for our Australian athletes uh, than than the NCAA Division One. Um, you know, again, with probably women's basketball is is the most I guess diverse in terms of um, the, the Division One sort of opportunities that are available for sort of differing abilities, but when you look at the majority of other sports, you're talking kids that represent Australia, like AIS, Institute of Sport Athletes from each state. You're looking at the best of the best in this country. And then what you have to think is that where does Australia sit in terms of the world in that particular sport? Uh, because those Division One programs, they can recruit anyone in the world that they want. And if they can get a better athlete from a different country, then they will. Um, so again, Division One. Yeah, like, again, where you start may not be where you finish, and you may find your way into a Division One program. Uh, but, but certainly to think that, oh, it's not worth your time if you don't go Division One. look, you, you're going you're gonna to be, I guess, really, really disappointed with the entire thing yeah. if that's the way that you think. Would you agree? 100%. I think the, the level of, uh, I think what people need to remember is if, it's, if a school is, is a Division One program, all their sports are Division One. So if if their say their American football team is the best in the country, their their men's golf team may be absolutely woeful. Yeah. Have guys shooting in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. But uh, again, and other other programs maybe I mean different sports are going to be at different levels. But I think it's important to remember that it's not a classification of quality. It's a classification of the size of the schools and the amount of revenue they bring in yeah. for their sporting programs. And you have Olympians in every division. You yeah. have kids getting drafted into professional teams from every single division. Yeah. So it's not. That's not yeah. It's, it, no such thing as Division One or bust. No, no, not at all. I, I never played a, a single game in an NCAA Division One school, and I had a fantastic career both as semi-professional and professional clubs. Yeah. Um, like it's it's no matter where you are, you have to you have to work. You use the resources that you've got to work as much as possible. Division One is not going to be the reason that you take your sport further than somebody else. It's it's the the time, energy, and effort that you put into it with the resources that you've got. And, and Division One is only the size of, of the school, all right? the size of the school. There's quality all over the place. So please, please, please do not think Division One or bust, uh, or, or you're busted before you even start. <laughs> do you want to do the action? Ba-bang! <laughs> there it goes. Uh, only athletic scholarships are available. False. That's a simple one. Like. I think we touched on that before. Yeah. False. Yeah. Like, and, and look... If you can get an athletic scholarship, great. Uh, if if you can, you know, if you get selected by a school that doesn't offer athletic scholarship, but but there's 
other pieces of financial aid, academic money, grant money, um, you know, different different forms of merit scholarship that that basically are added up to decrease your costs enough to make that opportunity affordable for work you. Study, yeah, yeah, work work, work, work study, um, working RAs. on. Yeah, being a resident assistant on campus. There's all sorts of ways to, to lower your cost. Yeah. All right? An athletic scholarship is not better than an academic scholarship. Scholarship, scholarship, man. Like, yeah. You call it a banana scholarship. <laughs> yeah, you, you call it whatever you want as long as there's enough there. Um, even even if, the, if, if it's a non-scholarship opportunity, you've been given the opportunity to go into a, a, a place on the other side of the world to prove yourself. Like that's an honor in itself. Yeah. Um, so – Athletic scholarship is just one piece of an overall financial aid package. And if you can get that in addition to academic, in addition to a couple other grants yeah. with work study, with being a resident assistant, you, you find all different ways to decrease your costs. And as yeah. long as that final number, that final outlay to you and your family is, is a number that works, then, then you should be ecstatic with it. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't need an athletic scholarship to, to be – I guess define you as as an elite college athlete. Like you, you don't. Um, so so yeah, it, it's not just about athletic scholarships. Yeah, and we'll move into the the next one. Full scholarships. Two words. Full scholarships. Full scholarships. The ever sought after full scholarship. I can only afford a full scholarship. Well, if that's the mentality, I can only afford afford a full scholarship then you really can't afford anything can you yeah um but full scholarships are not commonplace yeah i think think tv shows and hollywood have made it out to be that they're just offered out to to every athlete if they're half decent at their sport which is just not the case i think what you need to take into account is if the if the sport you're competing in and the school you're looking at being recruited by is fully funded um if they're even able to offer full scholarships uh, some schools are restricted in the, in the scholarships they can give. I mean, some schools or some teams are only given three scholarships to be split between 10, 15 players. That's it. Some, you know, like like my program, I had 15 full scholarships to separate between 45 athletes. So some of my best players, you know, I, I'm, I, it was my choice. Do I give them a full scholarship? Or, or, or do I not? Or do I spread that money as far as possible? Majority of programs are, are, are going to have a, a limited budget that they need to spread and use as, as widely as possible. Uh, again, basketball, Division One, basketball, and gridiron, so football, are, are the sports that, you know, it's, it's, if, if you're selected and you're scholarshiped, then it, depending on the size of the program, it may be a full scholarship. Yeah. Um, but but again, it, that's like it's like a I'm trying to remember the name of it. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's it, instead of having to use a budget uh, as as widely as possible, they, they get a certain number of scholarships. And if you get one, it's either full or that school can say, "Well, look, we've got six scholarships to give. You either get one or you don't. If you get one, the amount of money that you get is only half of the total price." Yeah. Or, or it could they could say if you get one, then we cover the full price. Uh, again, every scholarship is determined by the institution. Every institution is different. Uh, it's not full scholarship or bust. Uh, that I used the no, I used the one from the one before. But <laughs> yeah, no full. If, if you can again add as many different pieces of financial aid as possible. Yeah. To to get those those costs into a range that is affordable for you, and yep. th- and that is. Like I said, affordable, you need to go into this process understanding and knowing that money is going, going to be spent, um, then, then you've got a much better chance of being successful. Yeah. Next one, I have to be the best player athletically to receive an athletic scholarship. False. 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 Uh, I think like, we, we, like, we deal with a lot of programs that, that have, I mean, on scholarships, on pro, as, as different programs that are doing scholarship setups, there's a couple programs that we work with that have automatic scholarships for being selected for the team. So there's a, a, again, it's usually private schools because they, they can be more, they have more freedom with their money. Uh, they can choose how they spend their scholarship budgets rather whereas state schools are a little bit more restricted. Um, but uh, like if you if you just, the coach selects you for the team, you get an automatic $4,000 basketball, basketball scholarship or soccer scholarship or anything like that. Like um, schools in the Midwest that we work with, a lot of them are very similar sort of setups to that. Yeah, yeah like if you get accepted, there's there's an average package that you will automatically receive. Some of that, and, and that comes from you know academic and athletic money combined together. 
Now, if if you're above the curve, well, if you're a stud player, then obviously that can yeah, be, they, they, they can they can bump that up, which means that if you know, essentially, if they've chosen to give you more money and and they work on an average system, then somebody else is going to get less money, and that probably typically will, you know, could be could be another international, could be an American kid that can get financial aid and, and student loans in the states to so it doesn't really affect them that much. So again, a coach has to be uh, very very um, creative. Uh, to, to spread their budget as far as possible to bring in the best players uh, that that they can. And look, even reserve grade players can get scholarships. Yeah. You know, especially if you've got a, a reserve grade athlete that's got high grades, then they may offset the money that they're missing in athletic money with ath- academic money. Yeah. Um, and, and, and potentially vice versa. Um, but yeah. And I can attest to that. I was never the best player in any of the, the teams I played for over in. Uh, in the states, but I was I was a You're coachable short. I was a coachable kid. Um, I never missed a training session, whether I was sick or injured. I was still always there. Um, you know, I followed instructions. I took on feedback, and that is what resulted in my Attitude. athletic resulted athletic scholarship resulted in me being a coachable kid. Essentially, that's it. Like I, I would much rather have you, and, and and again, big reason why I recruited you, and, and the way that you moved on. Um, and and have become the person that you are is because you know you, you, your attitude. Like, be a good person. Yeah. All right. Work hard both on and off the field. I don't care how good at sport you are because at the end of the day, sport can can be gone like that. Like, yeah. but if you're not a good person and you're not willing to put the effort in to get the things that you want, then you're not going to be rewarded with things. Yeah. And and I think that's the thing that a lot of kids this day and age uh, they don't they don't get. They want it all and they want it now. They're entitled to it because that's you know the the seems to be the mentality these days but they're, they're not willing to put the effort in to earn it and that that right there is is the the key to being successful especially in this venture is is be, be a good human yeah be a good kid regardless yeah. of how good of an athlete you are or a good student that you are if you've got a dream and, and you've got a goal and you want to work towards it be a good person and you'll be successful pretty easy there you go pretty easy uh junior college is bad athletically there's the worst there's a worst <laughs> freaking one in, that, I've, that I've ever heard of. And I don't think we need to spend too much time. We had I mean, a webinar on this one. It, it is one that's sort of the bane of Matt and I, my existence, having to answer phone calls about opportunities coming through because, I mean, some of the best athletes I've ever seen have come through the junior college process. Well, again, I'll, we'll, I'll use Iowa Central a, a, as an example. Uh, and, and you can look it up. They're, they're the seven-time, probably soon to be eight-time best junior college athletic program overall in, in the country. Um they they've currently have two of their former wrestlers that are headliners and and champion they've, they've won championships champions form, former champions in the UFC wrestled at Iowa Central uh, you, you've got kids that will be competing this summer in the Commonwealth Games that ran at Iowa Central European champions cross country and and and, and track and field um, you know Tyson Gay one of the fastest men in the world went to Butler uh, or, or one of the, one of the community colleges in Kansas. Yeah. Uh, so you've got Olympians, international superstar soccer players, two international yeah. superstars soccer players. Yeah. No, but but guys like Dom Dwyer, um, you know that that are now a member of the U.S. men's national team. Came came out of England, yeah. went through the two year college, uh, went on to to play at a top division one. Like the list goes on. The list goes on and yeah. on and on. Yeah. Um, but. Every single division, Division One, Two, II, and Three in the NCAA, the NAIA, the, the National Junior College Athletic Association, the California Community College Athletic Association, the, the Northwest Athletic Conference, the United States Collegiate Athletic Association, yeah. National Christian College Athletic Association, every single division that exists is going to have high-level athletes. Yeah. And, and then every single division is going to have a lower level of athlete. What, and, and junior college... Barton, yeah. Barton County, Tyson Gay, my production team. Thank you very much. Um, Barton County Community College, Tyson Gay, Olympic medalist. Um, but but again, the list goes on. There, there are high level athletes all over the place, and junior college is absolutely no exception. But boom, gone. Get it uh, out of here. The NCAA Division Three offer athletic scholarships. False, but that's okay. Because they offer pretty big academic, other forms of financial aid. Some schools do. A lot of them are more Other schools don't. Institutions, there you go. But that's the same in any division. Yeah. Some schools offer big scholarship, others don't. Uh, some call it athletic scholarship. Some call it 
financial aid. Yeah. Uh, Division three. All right, you got some unbelievable programs in Division three. Look at oh, we looked at this the other day. Carthage. All right, Carthage University, uh, just north of Chicago in uh, Wisconsin. All right, some of the most unbelievable facilities in the country. Kenyon College. Yeah, all right, what, $20, $24 million athletic facility? Uh, best best athletic facilities in the country, Division Three. Tell me that they're not recruiting elite athletes. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing. You have to remember, if, if athletic scholarship is a part of it, great. If athletic scholarship is not part of it, then that's okay as long as there's enough forms of funding that you can qualify for to make the opportunity affordable. Here's a question. Would you rather take a 50% athletic scholarship at a school where you're paying half the cost or a full academic scholarship package or a financial aid package at a large NCAA Division three institution? Where I'm still going to train every single day. Yeah. Where, where I'm still going to play an elite level of competition. Well, look. And pay a lot less. And pay a lot less. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what I would do. Yeah. I don't, again, it's it's not about an athletic scholarship. It's about going to the place that's going to be best for you. Yeah. It's going to be most affordable and it's going to make the most sense. It doesn't matter about academic, athletic, financial aid. Call, like I said, call it a banana scholarship. Yeah. Call it no scholarship at all. Yeah, I think it's, it's not about the percentage. I think it's about the, the, the out-of-pocket costs you're eventually yeah, looking exactly. at yourself. So you could have a 75% scholarship from a school that costs 60 grand a year, but you could have no scholarship from a school that costs $8,000 a year. Mm. Right. You're, and you're only going to pay 8000 You can pay... My math's not that quick with 75% of 60,000, so it's probably more than 8,000. Yeah. Um, um, I'm not even <laughs> trying to do that math because we're trying to rattle through these. Uh, next one. NC, oh, sorry. The NJCAA Division Three is the worst in the country. Obviously. False. No, what? False. Oh, okay. No, it, it, it is not. Like... You've got some in National Junior College Athletic Association, Junior College Division Three. There's still some high-caliber athletes competing in those schools. Again, the school doesn't decide what division that they're in. Yeah, the, the size of the school, you know, determines that. Like they, they get placed into a division based on the size, but that does not mean that there aren't some unbelievable athletes. Look at Herkimer. We've got some athletes at Herkimer. Herkimer College. Uh, it's a state university, New York institution, unbelievable campus, unbelievable living facilities, unbelievable athletic programs, but always are sending kids uh, to, to good division one programs. Um, what's another, another big one. Um, all the SUNY systems. Well, yeah, really all, all the SUNY schools. Well, we got some, we got about six baseball players at, at, at SUNY Jefferson. So Jefferson community college, all right, division three junior college. Uh, big shout out to Ben Wilcox, all right, who's who's going from there to uh, to SUNY Oswego. All right, it's the State University of New York Oswego for baseball. All right, he, he went to a Division three junior college, um, which doesn't offer athletic scholarship. Uh, it, it happened to be a, a, an opportunity that was affordable for him and his family. He absolutely killed it. Has done well in his grades, and now he's moving on to uh, one of the top five NCAA Division three baseball programs in the country mm-hmm. again no athletic scholarship uh but because of his grade point average he's able to qualify for a ton of money uh make it affordable for his family and he's going to go and play for one of the best programs in the country big shout out to the wilcox family hope you're listening ba-boom <laughs> out of Is the park baseballer as well baseball baseball as well look that, pun intended yeah all right We'll wrap it up there with the athletic section. We'll move next into the and and just so anybody social. knows, I am happy to receive phone calls and questions with any other things that you want to know the honest truth about. Yeah, because we're, that's that's what this is all about. It's it, it, like people will tell you all these different things, and and maybe in their own mind it makes sense, but but like we we've got no reason to Nothing not sit here, here. And, and tell you the absolute truth. About everything, yeah, and it's and it's. I find this refreshing. <laughs> Do you? It's a lot off the chest. It does. It, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. I Marco, like produ- production team, you, you feeling good back there? It may not be what they want to hear. Look, it may not exactly. This may not be what you want to hear, but if it feels good, but that's okay. Yeah, all right. It's okay if this isn't what you want to hear, but you know, you, you can you can probably keep digging and and, and find the answer that you want. Um, but we'll tell you straight away. But we'll tell you straight up. Okay, we're going to move into the social misconceptions. But first, one uh, one that was just brought up or brought to our attention that we, we missed. Uh, Matt, do you want to touch on a really important one or common misconception, I guess? 
that right. we have so, brought up. Around scholarship, the term scholarship. The term scholarship in Australia typically like it, 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 it has a different meaning to you know, the different kinds of scholarships in in the US. In US yeah. yeah, like usually here the term scholarship means free. All right, like there, there's more and more grammar schools. There's a couple just around the corner from our office here that um, they're starting to scholarship students to attract more kids uh, to, to come there, and it helps promote the school. Oh, we give scholarship, um, and and look like that may very well mean that those the tuition costs for that school don't cost you anything. All right, and 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 in parents' minds, they think, oh well, then you know the I, I want to have something similar in the states where. Because here it doesn't cost me to go to school. It doesn't cost. It's free. To, it's free here. Well, well, look again. That may be true in in the tuition sense. Mm-hmm. It may you may not pay for for your tuition fees, um, but you, you're certainly paying for sport. You're certainly paying for your living costs. Travel, like yeah, your travel, your internet. petrol, your internet, your bills. Your yeah. like like there there is always a cost associated with everything. Uh, and and look, this sort of segues us into the the social side of things. And the yeah. first thing that's listed there in terms of the cost of living are high in, in the United in, in States. States. I'm gonna tell you right now, the cost of living in Australia are are ten times what they are in the United States. If you can afford just to live in Australia, and all you parents out there, you supporting your kids in this country with the, with the cost of food, the cost of petrol, the cost of everything. I'm telling you, you can afford to send them to the states. <laughs> All right, and and that's regardless of, of the the scholarship side of things. You, you have to look at again your the, the cost of living. Um, use, use a bottle of water for example. All right, bottle of water, uh, 150 mil. Which look, I'm converting to the metric system. 150 mil bottle of water, or yeah. uh, 350 mil bottle of water. All right, normal bottle of water. All right, three dollars fifty cents. All right, in the states, eighty eight cents. <laughs> All right, the fact that McDonald's, I'll just use that as an example, has a dollar menu, and you can get like half the things on the menu for for a dollar. All right, here they got the loose change menu. All right, you better have enough loose change to still have five and a half dollars right, <laughs> if you want a decent feed. I know you can get us a cup of water with that, and then, yeah, and then, and then they just give you a cup with no water, ice. With no ice. <laughs> no, um, but but that's the thing: the cost of living in the United States far far cheaper. Look, it, it, like if if you're looking at Southern California. All right, or, or you're looking at downtown New York City. All right, you're looking at the exact same sort of costs, if not higher, than what you're going to find uh, in in the CBD of Melbourne, Sydney. All right, you're not really going to get a break. Plus the exchange rate. All right, it's probably going to cost you more to live in uh, the, the most desired areas of the United States. But overall, the cost of living in in, in the states is far less uh, than than what it is here in Australia. Easily, and and, and the fact too that. Uh, you know, your living cost, like, you know, when we talk about the cost of a school being $30,000 a year, all right, for, for a university, well, that's that's tuition and fees, that's room, uh, that's board, uh, that's sporting travel, uh, that's food, that's, that, that's absolutely everything. And let's say that that school gives you a $15,000 scholarship combination of athletic and academic money, then that comes off the total cost of $30,000, leaving... Fifteen thousand U.S. dollars for you as a family to pay uh, that, that covers all those things that those scholarships in Australia don't cover. Yeah, you know, like like you, you're going to get your tuition and fees, you're going to get your your accommodation, your meals, uh, your sporting travel, all your gear, um, you know, the, the experience, all that for 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 what you're naturally used to paying here in Australia. Production team, would you agree with that? Uni is free here. Oh, uni is free in Australia. No, it's not. <laughs> All right, misconception. Uh, no, it's not. You you can hex your tuition costs, but you cannot hex the cost of living. All right, and and, and that is the thing that you're going to spend more money on every single year than, than anything else. And then at the end of that uni degree, uh, you, you, you're going to have to pay back uh, that thirty thousand dollars that you, that was free. Yeah. Um, people in their, but now people in their thirties are still paying off their hex. Yeah. We, we got we got parents that are in their forties and fifties that are still paying back hex debt. Yeah. Um, not to mention the fact that you took out hex for a course that you didn't even like, and then you <laughs> you jumped into a different one, and and, and then that costs you even more. Like uh, again, the fact of the matter: cost of living in the United States far far less, unless you 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 choose an area of the states to live in that ha- has a very high cost of living. Yep. Um, 
but for, uh, for the most part, the US is for, yeah. Good. For the most part, you, you're going to save money uh, by by sending your kids overseas. 100. percent My dad used to say it all the time. It was cheaper to keep me in the states than it was to have me at home. There you he used go. To tell me all the time. Uh, no healthy food on campus. That college cafeterias. It's all deep fried. There's no healthy food. Yeah, look, I think that that's like it's sort of a yes and no. Like colleges will have unhealthy food, like burgers, chips, all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, like there's a, there's healthy options available. It's up to you to it's decide. To, it's what up you to you to be disciplined and make sure you do find that the healthy options. Like there's always a salad bar. They've got like lunch meats. They've got so they usually have, like pulled chicken or, or fruit as well. Fruit, Plenty of all fruit. that sort of stuff. Like so, okay, yes, they do have burgers and, and and French fries. But I mean, it's up to you to choose whether you want that or you or you go to the salad bar. Like yeah, well, maybe you just take the burger patty and don't eat the bun and, and the cheese and everything else. You know, make your own health. <laughs> Make your own health. <laughs> Heard it here first. Uh, yep, that's it. That's it. Manufacture your own meals. Look, the other side of things too. You, some schools you don't have to take the meal plan. You, you don't have to take it. Cook yeah. your own meals. Yeah. Right, cook chicken. Cook beef. You know, barbecue. Do whatever you do. Uh, you, you don't have to take the meal plan. And, and if you're not finding enough options that you like in your meal plan, then then stop paying for it. And a lot of the time, again, you'll save money if you. If you cook your own meals, my last two years in college, I didn't take the meal plan and I cooked my own meals, and I ended up saving a lot of money. I mean, I, you got I, a warm, wasn't, you got I a, wasn't the best cook, so yeah, you got a warm up with thirty bucks, you like a king for a week. It's yeah, beauty. yeah, that's probably the average twenty to thirty dollars a week you can spend on food. Yeah, in in the states, talk about cost of living, bang, there you go. Yeah, uh, whereas here, like every time I go to the shops for for anything, it's at least fifty dollars that I spend. That day, yeah. my, my groceries are yeah, hundred bucks, yeah. hundred bucks a week. Yeah, crazy. Uh, I will be or could be the only foreigner on on campus. False. You that may, will never, ever, ever happen. You no. may you may be the only Australian, but there, yeah. there'll definitely be other other internationals for sure. Yeah, there there is a, a good diverse international population on campus all the time. I went. We all went to the middle of nowhere in Iowa, and I definitely expected to be one of the only internationals there. And it turns out there, were, there wasn't even any Americans there. It was just, <laughs> it was just all international people. Uh, even the teachers were international. We, we had so. just on our team alone with the forty-five guys that I had in the program with with the two teams. I think we had uh, seventeen or eighteen different countries represented. Just in our one team, which is awesome. America wasn't even one of them. No, it was, it was, <laughs> we, had, we had a couple a of American we had American boys. boys. Yeah, we had a few American boys. Good old. Okay, so that one West boys. That one's out of the park. That's gone. Yep. Uh, I get to pick my college slash location. I get to pick where I go. Look, you, you like depends on how much money you got. Yeah. <laughs> how good <laughs> you your grades are coming out of high school. Yeah. How good you, all those things that determine where you can go and what schools that you can get into. Like, look, if if you've got a lot to offer. And and you pick an like I said I guess the the reality is the smaller that you shrink the search criteria yeah. of of where you want to go the less chance you have of being successful all right so if if you only look at one particular region and you want to go there look you may have some options in there but whether those options fall within your budget and they're they're going to be as as good as potentially other options in other areas of the country yeah that that's that's to be determined, I guess. Um, I think that also comes back to athletic ability. Like you can't just say, like, well, I only want to go to the University of California schools, like UCLA or UC Berkeley. Well, if you're not playing for Australia and you don't have 60 grand in, the, in your back pocket, then you, you can count that one out. Well, that, that's the thing. You know, the, the California universities, Cal State schools and, and, and University of California schools, like for internationals, you're looking at at least $60,000. And they're probably some of the most poorly funded, you know, or, or, or limited, limitedly Limitedly, mostly, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, most limited. That's yeah, it. Yeah. When it comes to their funding, um, so you, and 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 they're also some of the highest caliber athletic programs around as well. So not only do you need to be a national represent, like like I said, not just have have represented Australia on a tour in another country, um, but but literally be competing for Australia at, at the highest level that you can as an amateur athlete. Uh, you, you also have to have a ridiculously large budget, um, and ridiculously high SAT, and and a, and a very very high academic output with yeah. your your grade point average and your SAT scores. So um, that's why you don't find too many kids going there. There you go, plain and simple. Next one, there is nothing or not much going on in the Midwest. False, false. false. Name some big cities in the Midwest. Chicago. <laughs> that's bigger than any city in Australia. Minneapolis. St. Louis. St. Louis. Kansas, Kansas City. Kansas City. 
Oklahoma City. Des Moines. Des Moines. Des Moines. Good old Des Moines. There's a lot going on in the Midwest. That's what I'm saying. Indianapolis, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati. Like, you got got some awesome... Omaha, awesome. Nebraska. Omaha, Nebraska, boy. I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> there, there's a lot going on in the Midwest. Lots of big cities. The biggest like, zoo in the Midwest is in Omaha. That's, that's a fact. They don't have kangaroos, I checked. Okay. <laughs> but the biggest zoo nonetheless. Yeah. Um, people skip over that, that middle of the country because it's, you know, it's the agricultural sort of epicenter. And, and yes, things are more spread out in the Midwest. Uh, cities are, you know, but, but you look at places like I say cities are smaller and towns are smaller, but but really, you, you look at St. Louis, like you're looking at what six, seven, eight million people, yeah, maybe Chica- more. Chicago, probably more. Ch- Chicago, yeah, well, well more than you know, way more than that. Sorry, yeah. my English is <laughs> the longer <laughs> that we go here. I'm I'm just struggling to speak words. <laughs> we'll get through them. So there, the there is a lot going on in the Midwest. Knocked it go out of the park. Yeah, uh, I have to always stay on campus. I always have to be on campus. False. Throughout school, when school is in session, I I, I stayed on campus my first uh, two and a half years. So my, my and then I moved off campus um, to a, an apartment, a house like literally down the road from from the college, and uh, saved me some over some some money. I mean, obviously, uh, like the, the upfront cost of the college because you have to pay your, your housing uh, upfront. It's sometimes a bit more convenient, but I mean, like in the long run, you save money living off campus because uh, total total rent costs are a lot lower. You can um, Obviously, change how much, depending on how much you eat, depending on what you're buying at the supermarket and stuff like that, you can vary your costs. So, yeah. Um, yeah. A, lot, a lot of times, students tend to move off campus, especially if they can find something close to campus, and, or if they have a car. Some of our international students in the past have purchased vehicles, and it's sort of made that's it another easier. unbelievable segue. Yeah, you are you are segueing <laughs> into <laughs> to the an next one. But I think part of that question, yes, you can. Usually, in your first couple of years, you, you're on campus and it gets you into the swing of things. And then by the time that you turn 21, you're a little bit older, a little bit more independent. You look at sort of venturing off. Um, but but the fact that you always have to you always you have to stay on campus. Well, like what you need to realize is that there's a lot of things happening on campus. All of your trainings on campus, yeah. your classes are on campus, your meals are on campus. The social side of things is on campus. There's a student center with activities and yeah. different things. So, no, you don't have to stay on campus, but there's plenty happening on campus that's going to keep you entertained. Yeah. And, and then in your holiday times, you can go anywhere you want. Yeah. You know, you got time off school, jump in with your friends, go and explore the country. Drive to Florida. That's it. Rent a, rent a van, go down to Florida, have a great time with your mates. Um, <laughs> drive to New York. Yeah. There's a long one as well. There you go. That's it. You don't, a, you, don't have to, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. There you go. All right, the next one. I need a car. No. False. You don't need a car because of what we just sort of said. Everything being centrally located and built around the campus. Like, yeah. you don't you get a bike. You know, you can bike everywhere. You, you can raise you, a scooter in our freshman year. That's <laughs> it. I used to skate all over campus. I had a longboard. I would skate everywhere. Yeah. Um, look, can can you get a car? Of course you can. And and will, will that potentially make things easier for you? Yeah, maybe. Uh, but the cost associated with it, the insurance, and unless you can pick one up for a dollar, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> all right, unless yeah. you can pick one up for a dollar, like I did, then was sold a car for a dollar. Yeah, and and it, and it, it lasted me three you, years. That's it. Never, what? never took it in to get it serviced or anything. Never changed the oil once. <laughs> never changed the oil once. Wow, Just lasted that long. Um, um, but you don't need a car. You don't need a car. You, no. you the, the thing is, remember that you've got. You're going to make a lot of friends on campus, local kids that do have cars. Um, you know, to all your sporting events and things like that, typically you're going to be bussed and you're going to be moved around. So you don't need a, a car. You know, if, if you want one, you can get one. Um, Done. Easy. Don't need it. Next one. I can't work in the U.S. You False. Got, you've got one minute. Done. You can work in the U.S. Up to 20 hours a week on campus. You can work in your first year. Uh, you can work off campus in the years after that, as long as it's associated with what you're studying. Mm-hmm. You worked on campus your first year. Off then campus. Every you worked year. at where? I worked at U.S. Cellular. U.S. My second cellular. Year, and then a nutrition store for my third and fourth year. Connects people. It U.S. Cellular. It does connect people. What about you? I worked on campus all four years. There you go. So he worked. All four years. I try to do as little work as possible on campus. But, um, but, but again, that's just me. You can definitely work in the U.S. You can definitely work in the U.S. You can definitely so, work in the U.S. So look, 
I think we made it. A lot of we have a lot of misconceptions that we just went through. Hopefully. I think our biggest misconception was how long this, uh, this uh, <laughs> was we, were, we were playing it for thirty minutes and we doubled that, guys. Right. So the misconception was that it was going to be thirty minutes. Yeah. I, I think when you get us three together and and you're, you're talking about things that we enjoy talking about. Uh, when you just get Matt in front of a microphone. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, um, but look, we'll we'll wrap it up there. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to touch on? Lastly, any any misconceptions you thought of? Hey, I want you. I want everybody to look back at the very first episode that we started recording. There we go. Right, look look at how big I was, and look look at me now. He's All shrinking. Right? He's that's, slowly that's, shrinking. That's three weeks, and I promise you, it's going to keep going. I want some. I want some gratification. I want fans to tell me you, you're, <laughs> doing, you're doing a great job, Matt. Keep it up, because uh, I feel it. I feel great. These guys, you know, they never tell me anything, but I still love them. Uh, Marco compliments me every day. Production team, love it. Love that too, my friend. Um, and yeah, all good. We're gonna keep going. We'll wrap it up there. Uh, Got a new video camera as well, so there's no like little breaks in between. You just ask the you whole get, time. You get it all. You get it all. All right, so we'll be back next week with another awesome episode. Make sure you guys tune in. Subscribe to all our channels on whatever platform it may be. Uh, YouTube, more importantly. Um, we'll be back next week. Signing off. Ba-boom. <laughs> See you guys.